With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello. And welcome in to another episode of Farm to Fame. I am Kelsey Wingert. That is Peter Moylan. That is Maddie Mass bringing the energy today because I felt that we sounded a little dull. We. I on the last episode. Um, did I welcome into Farm to Fame? I don't know if I said that already. Um, <laughs> I'm back home in Atlanta in my home studio. Love that. Pete's home and his Off home day. of Alpharetta. Off day for Peter Moylan. And I have an off day, right? Yeah. What Love a day for, for me. You. What a day for me. Maddie, are you at John Boy HQ? Yes. Yes, I am. Our girl, Sam, who, as you know, is like the queen of John Boy Media. She was like, I have to get to the office by 915 to make sure nobody takes my desk. And I was like, if anybody took your desk, I would personally handle it. Personally. I'm sure she appreciates that. On Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it gets a little crowded in here. You got to make sure you get a desk. Is it like we work in there? What the hell's going on? <laughs> Pete. Yo. How did you feel when baseball was doing these balls? Like these are green stitches. Yes. They had the blue stitches. They had the pink stitches. How did you feel about that? It was fine. Uh, hold on. I have the one of those ones that I keep. Is that the green one? Yeah. Was this from a Father's Day or like a military appreciation That's a, mil- that's a military one. Yeah. Okay. Because I know I have a blue ones from Father's Day, which I could see how the blue ones would be an issue because the seams are so light. Right. But then the pink ones, I think, were light as well. I don't know if I have a pink one. Not much difference between pink and red. Um, no, I didn't. Look, I didn't notice any difference in, in. It was just the color of the stitching. Why? Was someone saying that it was? Well, they discontinued it. And I'd imagine that they discontinued doing that for a reason. Well, it's probably because, like, I mean, it's hard to get. It's hard to get baseballs right now. I think there's a. I think there's a supply chain issue with the. Not just in the world, but I mean everyone's being affected by supply chain issues right now, including Major League Baseball. So I think they discontinued doing all different kinds of balls because they're really just trying to make as many of the one kind as they can. Mm. That's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. Let's go ahead and get into the opener, folks, because Ole Miss, the Ole Miss Rebels, are the national champions, thanks to our friends at DraftKings. Um, because it's time to step up to the plate with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any game and get $150 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. If you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday this season, you can do that with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. You can create your own parlay or follow Jake on Instagram where he posts his own parlays every single day by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total runs, extra innings, and more, and boom! you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, if your same game parlay doesn't hit, you can get a free bet back up to $10. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JUMBOY. New customers can make any $5 MLB bet and get $150 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code JUMBOY only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. MLB trademarks used with permission. Can we give a round of applause to our own Joe's McFly for winning the 50-50 raffle at the top? What a day, honestly. Joe Mc- What Joe's- a life. I know. I think like he's one of my favorite. I don't think. I know. Joe McFly is one of my favorite people in the whole entire world. And this dude went into the trop, was making fun of the trop all week, mm-hmm. <laughs> walked away with $15,000 as a Yankees fan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. 
thanks for the review on Yelp and here's 15 grand. Like, I think that was the day he had posted a picture of how one of the letters had fallen off of the word, the word field. It said <laughs> Tropicana F-I-L-D. The E had fallen off and then he walked away 15K. Oh man, I didn't know anybody actually won those things. That's phenomenal. Um, anyway, old Miss, you guys. Can I just, can I say one thing? I just yeah. need to say one thing. Okay. Yeah. The most important thing that is going to be said about this whole spiel that you're about to go on mm. is something that I just read. That is that Ole Miss fans spent $72,000 <laughs> on jello shots. <laughs> I knew that would get you. But Pete, can I tell you that if Ole Miss fans spent $72,000 on jello shots, that LSU fans would have spent like $300,000 on jello shots? Fair enough. Um, Ole Miss, that fan base, it is wild. Like if you are able to go to a base, really any SEC ballpark, but like if you're able to go to a home game at Ole Miss, the environment there, their fan base is so loyal. Those games are so fun. I think it's in right field. They do like the beer showers and it just goes absolutely berserk. Um, can, I ask, can I ask one question, Maddie? Yeah. Oh. When, when they were just, when they were the 64th pick, Maddie, they were picked over, was it North Carolina or NC State? NC State. Right. Did anybody give either of those two teams? I thought that if one, if NC State got in, that they would have been a pretty good chance to, to win the whole thing, right? Would that not be the general consensus? Would the same feeling be about Ole Miss? Did no. they have a chance? Ole Miss didn't even have a winning record in the SEC. That's what I said. That's what I read. To, like that's, but that is, is that just the team getting hot at the right time? Like what did they exactly do what the in? Braves did last right. year? It's exactly or what the Nationals. Nationals did in 2019 or whatever year they won. Like, I don't know. That's like when people were panicking about the Braves early in the season, I was like, literally, literally, this just happened last year. Like, and, and you think of the nationals, what was that? What was the record that was on like May 26th 18 or something? And 39 or something like that. That's some 19 and 40 something. Or, yeah, I remember. That's the beauty and the curse of baseball. And, and yeah. I hate to even say this to you, Maddie, but it's part of the reason I get nervous about the Yankees because like all that matters is the right time when the team gets hot. And I am all in on the Yankees right now. For specifically because I'm with John Boy Media um, in the AL. That's my that's my AL squad because y'all get so happy. And I love Joe's McFly's videos from the stadium whenever there's a home run and him just like absolutely losing his mind. But um, I'm with yeah. you though. I'm with you though. This is tough to carry on for 162 games. Yeah. And we've and just seen playoffs. too many examples of it. We've seen two of the last three World Series champions were crap until after the bullcrap All-Star game that has no reason happening, that has no reason to happen in the month of July. Um, Maddie, yeah. what were the Dodgers record? What was the Dodgers record in 2013, please? Can you look that up for me? Did they win that year? They won a lot of games from like, they went like 41 and seven or 42 and 11 or something. They went on a run that was crazy. They finished at 92 and 70. Okay, um, so. I don't know if that was what you were referring to. That's just, I'm just thinking because they went on an ungodly run where they, but I think they kind of just limped into the, the playoffs in the end and then they ended up losing to St. Louis that year, but they were supposed oh, to yeah, win that year too. They did go on a run. They went on a run, man. There's a lot of W's written. Peter, yeah. was the was the 14 game winning streak obviously outside of the World Series, outside of like Acuna taking off in his career? Was that 14 game winning streak one of the like most exciting things that you have covered? Oh, I I don't know about. Not really. Okay. Not really. Like it was great, but at the same time when you go on runs like that, so many things have to be going right at the same time that you're almost just looking for that one thing to go wrong Yeah, along the whole thing. And, you know, kudos to them. They were able to overcome all those things. Like they would, whatever they needed to do during that time to win, they did, whether it was, whether it was out pitch the other team, whether it was score more runs, like there were some games that were like 13 to, to eight. And, you know, there's games that were two to one. It was just a crazy run against some teams that were not playing very good baseball, but we went How through Colorado. Did, uh... The sweep in Colorado was the most impressive part, honestly. Really? 
Even with how much the Rockies listen, are, were struggling? You have never, ever, as a visiting team, gone into Colorado and left there with anything more than just a slight smile on your face. Teams don't go okay. sweeping through there. Especially, Especially a four-game, four yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay, Ole Miss. Ole so Miss, Ole Miss, Ole Miss claimed its first national title. They swept OU. We thought this was going to be, obviously, a much better series. They swept OU 10-3 to in game one. That's the game they hit back-to-back home runs that Maddie was covering extensively on our, um, on our Twitter. And like I was speaking to the fan base earlier, I saw a tweet that, and obviously this isn't like proven, but it said like in that stadium in TD Ameritrade, it was like 90% Ole Miss, Ole Miss fans, 10% OU fans. But that place went absolutely berserk when they hit back-to-back home runs. I think Maddie tweeted out that it was the first time anybody hit back-to-back home runs in the College World Series, or I read that somewhere. Uh, yeah, I think it was for back-to-back-to-back home runs. They hit okay. three in a row. So In that video that you posted of the stadium going berserk, that was back-to-back-to-back. Mm-hmm. I left out a back. Mm-hmm. baby got back um yeah and then game two they won four to two that was just um last night fortitude as they would say on um talking baseball but did so, you see oh, did, did you did you watch it i watched the game yesterday it was two wild pitches that eventually kind of decided it which was a real bummer like yes i was Girl. not able to watch it We were playing and then I was on an airplane where um, none of the channels that I wanted to watch were were not. That's the frustrating part for me is that I feel like there could have been, especially with the comeback that I said to Maddie, Maddie, I was texting Maddie and I felt like at one point early, it felt like Old Miss was just running away with it. Oklahoma came back. I'm thinking, okay, Maddie, you can't turn around that kind of adrenaline and that kind of momentum swing. Next thing you know, two wild pitches later, it's like, Hmm. never mind. And then it was all over. Yeah. But what a run. I mean, are you kidding me? They are the first national champion since Oregon State in 2007 to win the College World Series after finishing the season, like we mentioned earlier, with a losing conference record. Obviously, the SEC West is a really difficult division and SEC is a difficult conference. But Ole Miss had a 14 and 16 record in SEC play. But then in the month and then we were talking about whenever they made it, to the SEC tournament, up until the SEC tournament, people didn't even know if they were going to make it into the tournament. And the SEC tournament is a lot easier, obviously, to make it into than the field of 64 or Super Regionals or Regionals or Omaha. Uh, But then they went 10-1 and in the month of June. It's their first College World Series title in program's history. They absolutely dominated the entire postseason, as Ashland had hit on. I think they only had one loss, and – through regionals and super regionals, or maybe they didn't have a loss in super regionals and regionals. They finished five and one um, in Omaha, including the two game sweep of Oklahoma in the final. And like Peter mentioned earlier, and we've mentioned before, they were the last team into the tournament, like 64 out of 64. Um, Does this speak to just how even college baseball has become and the amount of talent that there is in college baseball? Or does this... Like, is there ever going to be an LSU program like it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, where it was just dominant? Or there's been other college programs that have been dominant too, but that's the one that sticks out because Kelsey reminds me every single episode. Yeah. But I don't is think this the end of a dominant, like, programs? I don't think there's, like, it's like Alabama and college football, who I know, like... Tennessee was kind of like that this year for a little while, and they didn't... It's just too many games to, like... right? You can't just... Yeah, I'm with you. It's too many games to to be able to dominate because baseball is like such a wild. They did for so long. They did for the whole regular season, pretty much. There was not a game where I didn't look on Twitter and Tennessee wasn't winning 14 to two with some dude throwing 106. You're right, dude. You're right. The whole regular season. That's all we saw about Tennessee. It was crazy. No one was going to beat them. And now all of a sudden a team that was the last one to pick won, and the team that was supposed to win it all shut down their layer. Whoops. No swearing anymore. Sorry. It's okay. Um, do you want to run through the the tournament standouts, Pete? Or do you I do. Okay. No, you, you go ahead. You read that one. I'll get the next two. Okay. Oh, yeah. you want to talk about the Jello shots? Um, so Dylan DeLuca was named the College World Series MVP. There were six Ole Miss guys who were named to the Men's College World Series All Tournament team. Tim Elko, who is a phenomenal, phenomenal story. If you if you don't know anything about him, so he was the captain of their team. He's a first baseman. Um, but he had, 
I don't remember if it was, if it was 2020, he tore his ACL and then he was back like 30 days later, he hit like, I mean, he was still playing on a torn ACL. And like, this is a guy, if you read any article about him, all Ole Miss fans, like want a statue built. He, he is a legend for Ole Miss. Mm. They want a statue of him outside the stadium. That's like actual, a conversation going on, but he played on a torn ACL. Um, I think he was expected to get drafted, but he opted to come and drafted fairly high. Um, but he opted to come back to Ole Miss to like rehab the knee. And in an article I read on the plane last night, he said that like he prayed a lot about it and felt that God told him his time at Ole Miss wasn't done yet. And he stayed at Ole Miss. Um, and then obviously it all worked out last night when they won the college world series. And, um, but he is like, Tim Elko is a great story. So look into that. Um, he's, he's the captain, but yeah, played on the torn ACL. Unbelievable. Um, Justin Bench was another guy named Calvin Harris, Kevin what Graham. A name. Calvin Harris. Calvin name. Harris is a strong name? one. Yeah. Um, Kevin Graham, Kemp Alderman, another and Dylan Delusha, Delusha. Yeah, Delusha, who was named um, the MVP. And then there was a pitcher, Jack Do- Doherty. Do- I feel like I should easily be able to pronounce that. Um, he carried a perfect game into the sixth inning of his first start in nearly three months. So talk about clutch. So those were some of the tournament standouts, but definitely look up Tim Elko's story. Some of the tidbits that we haven't touched on. We already touched on the fact that there was the first time there's back-to-back-to-back home runs since 1998. Coach Mike Bianco has been the head coach at Old Miss for 22 years, and this is the second appearance in the World Series. Got him to the championship back in 2014. Old Miss spent over seventy-two thousand dollars on Jello shots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's fucking incredible to me, by the way. What, were they selling Jello shots at the stadium? Because that's phenomenal. They must. No, I have think been. it's. I think it's a lot more than that now. And it wasn't at the stadium. It was at a bar nearby called Rocco's, I believe. Um, and they Rocco's every year, I believe, has a board of all the teams that make it to Omaha and the number of Jello shots their fan base buys. Genius so, marketing, like genius way to get some sales. <laughs> so as of 14 hours ago, when they posted the last update, the most recent update, uh, <laughs> Ole Miss fans had bought 18,003 Jello shots at 450 each, which is 81,000. A lot of money for a Jello shot. $2 Inflation. of the 450 gets donated to charity. Okay. Um, and then Arkansas was second 8,661 jello shots overall between all eight teams just to ballpark it a little bit it looks like about 30,000 or so jello shots as of yesterday um so that's 60,000 for charity that's amazing that's such a good that's such a thousand total that honestly is such a good idea yeah. As long as everyone's able to obviously get themselves home and, and safe. But I just think that that is brilliant. It's money goes to a good cause. The bar makes money. Everybody's in a great mood. And I think everybody's having fun. Why not? Yeah. Um, and I, I've mentioned this on previous episodes. If you're like, obviously a college baseball fan, but if you're just a baseball fan and like you can go to Omaha. It doesn't matter if your team's in it or not. Just such a cool atmosphere. That was one of my favorite things I've ever gotten to do in my career was, was cover the College World Series. Um, but I want to focus a little bit on Mike Bianco, their head coach, because like Peter said, this dude's been there for 22 years. He is so he is so beloved in that fan base, not to mention he played college baseball at LSU. Um, but been there for I knew two- there had to be a connection somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he started at like a community college and then transferred to LSU and like uh, took off. And he he coached some lower level teams like Northwestern State, which um, is a I always get this confused. There's FBS schools and there's FCS schools. I think FBS schools are like the bigger schools, like the SEC, Big 12. Um, and I think FCS are the smaller schools. So he's like coached at some lower level programs, worked his way up, obviously, to coach at Ole Miss, was there for 22 years. Um, leads those guys well, made it in 2014, but led them to their first ever um title and it was just it's really cool one it's like a I know it's not the same because Snit had like 40 years in the organization but it's like one of those where you're just so happy for the right. coach uh because yeah. he's been with that program for so long um so you Pete had kind of mentioned this meant oh, uh, I, I, did, I did chew on a little bit I eh. did chew on a little bit 
Um, but there are a lot of setbacks for Oklahoma in the final game, which left a sour taste in some people's mouth because they looked like they were going to score first on a bunt from a guy named John Spikerman. Yes. Um, but a replay showed the ball drilling him in the back of the leg just before he got to first base. So he was called out and the run he hit in came off the board. That yes. sucks. Yes. That's when I was like, it's over. If they like, they had run, uh, the, I think it was the tying run at the time too, taken off the board. So like I said, I wasn't able to watch the game. So in, and in my mind, as I'm reading that, like, how can he prevent the ball hitting him? Because he was, was running, he, he was running inside. He was running inside. He was the outside of the base paths. I, I mean, it was, it's one of those ones. That, that sucks. Yeah. Like, can, can Ole Miss just not intentionally throw at the back of his leg? Well, I guess that's a moving target. That's hard. If to you're do. running Easier inside the baseline, I, I guess you, like, I, I did, I haven't seen the replay extensively, but I can only assume that it was because he was running in fair territory and it must have hit him or clipped okay. him in fair territory. And that means he was out. Okay. If he was running in the baseline, which as a right hander hitter, it's really hard to. Yeah. It sucks. Um, but- Momentum swing, huge, yeah. by the way. And then the go-ahead run scored on a wild pitch pass ball. So that just sucks. Um, but a guy that we've talked about a lot this season, obviously, was Ivan Melendez with Texas, um, the Hispanic Titanic. He was uh, he won the Golden Spikes Award. That's awarded to the best amateur baseball player um, every single year since it was introduced since 1978. What did his numbers finish at? Because it would have been an impressive major league season. Do you think it's a coincidence that they announced that there was going to be a Golden Spikes Award the year that I was born? No. Yes. Yes. No. There's got to be a connection, right? Yeah. Golden boy. That has to be it. Um, My mom calls me the golden child, so that's it. 67 games. Okay. You think of a major league season, which is 162. Sure is. Obviously. Anything over... Anything between 25, 30 home runs is opening our eyes to power in that season. In 67 games, this dude hit 32 home runs with 94 RBI. That's literally a good major league season in a third of the games. Not to mention he hit 387. Hello. That's um, He's on pace for a, a, his first year. <laughs> you can probably put him down for approximately 81 to 83 home runs his first year in the big leagues. Guaranteed. What I don't know is, so when we had gone through, I had done a, a TikTok on guys to watch in the College World Series who were like draft prospects. And I think one board had him projected to go 110th overall. And then we found another board. No, this was when we talked to Wiley. Yeah. Then another board, we found him going like 87th overall. Right. Um, I'm just curious, like why he's not projected to be a first or second rounder, but obviously. I think we figured it out because he doesn't have a position, right? He doesn't have a position right now. Isn't he a first baseman or universal DH? What did Wiley say? What did Wiley say? Do you remember, Matty? It's a combination of him being a first baseman DH, which, uh, you know, a lot of the higher draft picks are pitchers, shortstops, and center fielders. Sure. And also just the combination of him being older. It's the same thing in the NBA draft. Uh, You know, there's a lot of guys in the NBA draft that they might win the Wooden Award for best college basketball player, and they get drafted in the late second round because there's a bunch of 18-year-olds with just a much higher ceiling. So, you know, Ivan Melendez, he's playing at his ceiling. He had as good of a season as you can have, and that's what you're going to get out of him if you take – somebody from high school you could kind of mold that person into potentially better so that's probably why and he he did break chris bryant held the record in the bb court era for most home runs in the college baseball season and that was 31 ivan melendez broke that um pete do you think that as maddie just alluded to i mean if you look at last year's draft it's so many pitchers it's so many shortstops there are so many shortstops drafted in the top 10 picks last year do you think that first I feel like first basemen are almost undervalued. That position is undervalued because it's like, it's like a good reliever. If you have a good reliever or a good first baseman, like nobody really talks about it. But if you have a bad first baseman or a bad reliever, your team wears that. The the issue is, and I think this is the, where do you go if you, if you struggle defensively as a first baseman? Yeah. Whereas if you're I a guess shortstop, there's no room to move around. There's no room to move. If you're a shortstop, you can pretty much go anywhere else in the field and probably be okay at it. 
or figure it out. So you're drafting based on not only skills, but athleticism and, and, and also what the future holds and what their, their upside is. And if someone's able to move around like a shortstop and shows unbelievable athleticism, speed, agilities, and has the baseball skills and hits, then that's way better than some guy that just can rake, unfortunately. Yeah. That sucks. Maybe, yeah. I wonder if over the next few years, if we'll see the fact of the universal DH kind of change that. Um, we'll see guys like that probably get i mean the guys are always going to get drafted but it's not not going to be high draft picks yeah just sucks that this dude probably i mean obviously won the golden spikes award um and ironically a reliever kevin cops won it last year but um (laughs) it's just it's it's wild to me that he was the best player in college baseball at an incredible baseball school and um i don't know and he's not he's not necessarily valued do you want to get into our switch over back to professional ball and get into our top prospects of the week flex hold again on, lift on. up the shirt flex again hold on real quick holding uh-oh Ooh. Uh, Fine. Fine. i ended poorly i got a new office chair i was just spinning myself around too. so that i could get back into professional mode but i might have injured myself just ever so slightly i'm fine look at my office chair did you want me to flex again is that what you said yeah um can't really tell that i'm flexing top prospects of the week is brought to you by whom it's brought to you by the hudson valley renegades mm. do you guys have july 4th plans Ooh. uh yeah no too More bad fun. now you're going to the hudson valley renegades join them for their homestand from uh 628 to 73 uh so when this episode comes out that upcoming weekend they're playing the brooklyn cyclones Hmm. was the high A team for the Mets, I believe. So come get a look at a future Subway series and enjoy some fireworks on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. So July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, I think. Hudson Valley Renegades, located in Wappingers Falls, New York. Go there this weekend. Check out the fireworks. Check out the players because there have been some guys that have popped off a little bit. Everson Pereira is a top name in the Yankee system. He has five home runs on the road trip that the team just went on. Uh, Tyler Hardman is batting 341 with a 965 OPS over the last month. Beck Way, name a lot of people are familiar with. One earned runner fewer in five of his last starts, five of his six last starts. Um, and Matt Sauer just pitched six shutout innings this week. A lot of stuff happening including the fireworks for this 4th of July. The deal, buy one, get one lower box ticket the rest of the season with code JOMBOY. So make sure to visit hvrenegades.com, and that is buying one, getting one, lower box ticket the rest of the season with the code JOMBOY. Ashlyn talks about this a lot, but like if you don't live in a city that's close to a major league team, Minor league games are so much fun to go to because one, you get to see these guys before Before you're going to get to see them in the show, but more so, so much easier to go to a minor league game than a major league game. Like the parking's easier. You're not having to walk far. You sit wherever you want. Basically you buy everything. They're so fun. They keep you entertained the whole time. It's just like so much more, I don't want to say relaxed than a major league game, but like there's so much hassle into going to a major league game. Um, and there's zero hassle going to a minor league game, even at the AAA level. Like y'all know I'm from Sugarland. I love going to skiers games when I'm home. You park literally right out front of the stadium like you do going into work every day and you just like walk in. It's less people, less crazy. I got to see Luke Voigt play, which was cool. I mean, you get to see guys rehabbing, like planning around a rehab appearance. Like, I don't know. It's Those games are really fun to go to. If you haven't gone to a minor league game, like I encourage you to just because it's so much less hassle. And especially the AAA level, like you're still getting to see great baseball. Um, anyway, I'm going to start off the um, top yes. prospects of the week because I want Peter to be able to read the second one. Yes, you but, do. Um, Anthony Volpe, did I say that right? Um, he is the top, isn't he the top Yankees prospect? Am I? Yes. Yankees number one overall prospect. He had a slow start to double A this season. In April, his slash line was 197, 329, 364. But he's gotten really hot in June, late June specifically. Um, so June 26, he won the first half division title with a walk-off home run that literally just happened yesterday. Um, he was down to his final strike 
and he had a walk-off home run in the bottom of the 10th inning to beat the Hartford Yard Goats. I love that and name so I much. I, I need a Hartford Yard Goats. Send me a hat, please. Thank you. I might be able to help with that. Um, I'll buy one. And he gave the Somerset Patriots, the AA Eastern League Northeast Division's first half title, um, has a hit in six straight games. And June 25th, he doubled in a multi-hit night. It was his 17th double of the season, which is impressive this early on. He went two for four, scoring the game's opening run in the third. Since my birthday, June 20th, six games, he's batting 304, 385, 1.124 or 11.24 or 1.1, however the heck you say that. Um, with a 379 slugging percentage, three home runs, five RBI, three stolen bases. That's Anthony Volpe. Luis Angel Acuna, younger brother of Braves superstar Ronald Acuna Jr. 20-year-old middle infielder, Rangers number 10 prospect, missed nearly a month of straining his hamstring on opening day. In the month of June, is 27 for 83 with three dingers, hitting 325 with a... Nah, nah, point. Nah, I'm, I'll let you do that one. He has a 26 game on base streak right now, too. Have you seen his swing Mm-mm. just out of Have you seen that video where they posted him in the cages and it looks literally exactly like Ronald swinging? Off track. Um, I know Acuna has a foot injury. He's not on the IL, but I saw David O'Brien tweeted he came in on like a scooter. He can't put weight on his foot, but it's not broken. So, we'd, so like that's trying. an IL stand if he came in on a scooter, right? The day after, yes, but it can also be just like, oh, it could be like a really bad knock and then you wake up in the morning and you feel okay. Okay. But I don't know if that is exactly what's happened with him. It could be, hey, he's getting some blood flow in there and it's starting to move and it feels okay. The feet are so, the feet and hands so hard to recover from because it's so hard to get blood that's at the extreme yeah. ends of your limb so you're just it's just so hard to get blood flow in there uh bryce harper Ugh. i'm so okay. and you know what i've got to give a shout out to that guy because oh yes the way that he handled that was i mean as good as i've seen a superstar handle that situation obviously he knows that it's really bad he also understands that he's probably done for a long time. He understands having, a, important- having an incredible year at that yeah. and getting it ended. He understands exactly how important he is to that team, whether he's playing right field or not. And to be able to turn around and just let Snell know that, look, I understand you didn't mean it. It was on purpose. Sure. And then walk off. I was like, man, good for you, dude. But Snell's got, yeah. obviously went on, felt horrible, but like they were on a run to the Phillies. Yeah. Like they were playing pretty good. I, I said not last week. I was like, this East is not close to being done. Yeah. Are the Phillies dead now without him? Oh, I don't know that you can replace that. I would have said that when the Braves lost to Cunha too. So no. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Bryce Harper this season. I think he was hitting 318. I'm trying to get the numbers up. Yeah, hitting 318 with 15 home runs, 48 RBIs, and 984 OPS. Um, oh he was God. having a great year. We have a passing. Passing. Was it a trade? I just yeah. saw something. Oh, yeah. big one. Oh, no. Carlos Santana. Mm-hmm. He's going to the Seattle Mariners. It's Santana for Wyatt Mills and Will- William Fleming, who's an A ball. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that one out later. Okay. Um, but yeah, so Bryce Harper, it's like when Machado got hurt in a game against us. Um, you hate seeing these guys who are having MVP like seasons and, and even Tyler, I mean, there's just been so many, I was talking about Tyler Kinley. There are guys who are having career years and, and they're, it's that the injuries to stars right now, Ozzy, that absolutely crushed me. Mookie Betts, who is he, he's not out for too, too long, huh? Oh, rib. is it oblique? Oh, rib. It's a rib, um, a rib, I think, right? All the injuries, like Machado was hitting 328 when he got hurt. Um, yeah. Just terrible injuries. I freaking hate it. Back to top prospects. Nick Swinney, Swiney, Swinney, left-handed pitcher drafted, at, drafted by the Giants in 2020 out of NC State. His middle name is Edwards with an S. June 26th versus the Dust Devils. I've never heard of that team. Uh, six inning pitch, two hits, one run, zero earned, two walks, 12 Ks, lowered his ERA to 304 on the year. He has 21 whips. 
in that game. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. Max had that the other night too. Really? Is he having a year? Mm. Mike Massey, what a name. Two S's. Remember that. Royals number 20 prospect, currently plays second place in Omaha. Promoted to AAA on June 14th from obviously AA Arkansas. 24-year-old, won a minor league gold glove last year at second base. In June, he's hitting 348, 392, and 609. 2022 season so far, slashing 312, 365, and 515. He has nine home runs and 15 doubles. And Sunday, June 26th, hit three RBI doubles and went four for five with five RBIs titles again in Omaha, 17 to 14. Mm. You got that right. 17 to 14 win over Columbus. That's a triple A day where you're hoping you that is not a get it. Sunday getaway day. I don't know how that changes now. <laughs> that sucks. But could you imagine that on a getaway day? Like where, what happened to first pitch swinging boys? Let's go. Uh, Holy crap. Francisco Alvarez is a top prospect for the Mets. This is a guy we've talked about a lot. 20 year old catcher. Um, he's in double eight through 61 double games this year. He's hitting 285. Great for a catchers. 370, 583, 16 doubles, 17 home runs, 45 RBI. Man, you love that from that position. Um, second in the league with 33 extra base hits, 13 home runs in his last 98 at bats. That's like over 10% of the time he's hitting a home run. Um, Quick math. Uh, June 25th versus the Reading Fighting Phils. He went three for five, hit his 17th home run of the season for the Rumble Ponies. Vaughn Grissom, Braves number six prospect, shortstop currently in Rome versus the High A Asheville Tourists. First of all, he was drafted by the Bravos in 11th round, 2019 draft. He's friends with Riley Green. Mm. June 16 versus the Tourists. He hit two grand slams in back-to-back innings in a blowout wind and in a hot streak in june he's slashing 357 411 and 962 yeah go get him kid grand slams and back-to-back innings <laughs> yeah that's a that's a week was that in the was that in the 19 to 17 game or whatever we were just talking about oh my um God. all right taylor dollard he's a right-handed pitcher in the mariners organization he was selected in the fifth round out of the 2020 draft out of cal poly Former pitcher at our Swag King, Trevor Plouffe's Crespi High School. Um, okay, Pete, listen to his last four starts. Ready? I'm going to start from the bottom. June 5th, he threw six, six, six scoreless innings with six strikeouts. Next start, June 11th, threw five scoreless innings, eight strikeouts. So right now we're at 11 scoreless with uh, 14 strikeouts. June 17th. He threw six innings, one earned run, the only run given up in June with four strikeouts. So that's, I'm done with the math, never mind. Uh, June 23rd is next start. Seven and a third scoreless innings for AA Arkansas with three strikeouts, one walk, 13 strikeouts, 97 pitches, so efficient. 62 mm. strikes, lowered his ERA to 0.82. How many strikeouts? Only three in that game. Okay. Um, so his first 13 starts at double A, he went six and two with a 0.82, like we mentioned, ERA, 65 and two thirds innings pitched, 14 walks to 63 strikeouts and opponents are hitting 183 against him. Um, a blister issue limited his innings over his first three starts. Man, blisters. Uh, yeah. Logan Allen, Cleveland Guardians, number eight prospect, currently on the Akron Rubber Duckies. What a name. <laughs> Back-to-back starts with 11 punch-outs. June 20th, first of all, have a day named the AA Eastern League Pitcher of the Week. Then sets a career high in strikeouts with 11 versus Hartford. Final line, six innings, two hits, one walk, 11 punch-outs. Then June 23rd, seven innings, two hits, one run, one walk, 11 strikeouts. Talk about efficiency. Well done. All together, 13 innings. All together. All together, 13 innings, four hits, one run, two walks, 22 punch-outs. That's a 0.69 ERA in the Ooh. month of June. 39 strikeouts in 25 and two-third innings pitch. That's good enough for a 1.75 ERA. So the weekly news flash, because I'm really excited to talk more about LSU baseball stealing a big league pitching coach um, from a first-place team in the middle of the season. But that's brought to you by the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Rail 
Riders. Did you know that the Rail Riders, the Yankees AAA affiliate team, only plays about two hours from Yankee Stadium? You can take a trip to check out the Baby Bombers in action at PNC Field. They got lots of great stuff happening at the park, like awesome fireworks show every Friday night, great drink deals on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Wagon Wednesdays, where you can bring your doggy to a game, and much more. It's a great experience for all ages. So this Saturday, July 2nd, they're actually having a double fireworks show happening. Ellie, no. Um <laughs> scratching the furniture i can can you clip that for me immediately please because that was that was ellie no oh it was like you threw something at her and hit her ah shit no i'm just scratching the furniture Uh, Um, okay so this saturday july 2nd they actually have a double fireworks show happening giveaways at the gate and custom usa themed game worn jerseys that will be auctioned off online after the game there is no better way to celebrate the fourth of july weekend than baseball we all know that so you can go to railriders.milbstore.com if you want to check out their team store um or if you want to get single game tickets you can go to milb.com slash scranton slash wb slash tickets slash single game tickets or you can probably just like google um rail riders a lot of slashes in there guys don't forget one slash and to be honest with you i was calling um semi-cashes slashes i if i were you i would just google rail riders we're not doing very good with our punctuation signs in the last two pods i'll be honest with you i called Um, i called something something last week remember maddie you called me on that apostrophe a common apostrophe Mm, it's fine yeah. Um, so you can follow them on any of their social media pages at SWB Rail Riders um, and see the Yankees' hottest prospects making their way up to the big leagues and get your tickets today by going. This is much easier. Get your tickets today by going to SWBRailRiders.com. Um, so, yeah, go check out AAA. Only two hours from Yankee Stadium. That's pretty sick. Um, it is. And I've played there. And it's actually it's a, one of those places where it's you know, you if you live close, go and check it out because there's some good players. If I went there, I mean, fool, if you could have had a chance to see me play back in the day. Career 310. Um, <sighs> let's talk about LSU snatching away let's. a big league pitching coach for a first place team, the Minnesota Twins, which I just got back from Target Field yesterday. That's top five for me. Target Field is top five. Not the showers. All parks for me. Terrible showers. Mm, that sucks. I wonder if they've like renovated them since you've played. No, they haven't because they were shit when they first made Target Field. And then when I went back there just in 2018, they were still like dripping shower. Like you have to literally run a lap under the shower head to try and get wet. That's how bad they are. Well, luckily for anybody listening, you probably won't be able to shower at Target Field, but it's a great place to go um as a fan and it's a really cool ballpark what i like about it is like it's all lower bowl tickets it's like forty thousand seats in the lower bowl and it's built directly up it's like in major league baseball it's the field on like the smallest plot of land so it's super intimate really cool ballpark right next to target center um anyway lsu stole their pitching coach um Casey wrote an article that said that with the twins, this pitching coach was making $350,000. And I think LSU is paying him like $750,000. So yeah, he, in the, this is unprecedented and the, and he's today he goes to Baton Rouge. So like in the middle on the flight, that's, I wish, I wish I could have done this reporting game yesterday. Um, In the middle of a major league baseball season. The twins are in first place in their division right now. And a division that's going to be really interesting the rest of the season. He leaves to go to a college program. Why couldn't he wait until know. the end of the season? When does college season start again? Well, I mean, it just ended yesterday. So it's, but it was probably part of the agreement. And the point Casey and I were talking about this last night is like the difference between college coaching and coaching in the major leagues is you have an off season when you're a big league coach. This guy is probably going straight out to start recruiting, but like LSU probably said, Hey, we're going to more than double your salary. But because of that, we need you now, because this is going to be such a big recruiting factor to us that we were able to bring in a big league pitching coach who has big league connections. And um, they're, they're really, How does able that, to use has him. he had a history in college in the past? Yeah. 
Well, that explains it. It's not like they just, because I, I mean, it's not like they just went and poached him, right? Well, I mean, they poached him from the twins. Right. Because you think that college coaches are trying to work their way up. Not anymore. I mean, especially not if they're doubling. Well, this is what big league teams are going to have to start to realize soon. Just like PGA Golf is starting to realize is that, you know, if you give people another option, some people are going to take that option. Yeah. So Wes Johnson was the pitching coach for the Twins. He coached at Mississippi State and Arkansas before leaving for the Twins. So he has a history of the SEC, the SEC West. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's wild. And if I were the Twins, I would be pissed. I would be pissed too. But at the same time, it's, it just tells me that, that it's, it's, it tells me that the college influence has stretched into Major League Baseball enough that they feel confident to go and grab a major league baseball pitching coach because I feel like for a time it was the college programs that were leading the way as far as the labs went, as far as the uh, ability to gather information went, they were as good as it got Mm -hmm. because of the facilities they were able to basically build from the ground up. Whereas other major league teams were stuck with what they already had. And it was kind of, you know what I mean? So the fact that that's someone going back, tells me that there's more of a an alignment with the philosophies of both college and and major league pitching or as far as the development goes whether it's pitching development or each team can have a different scenario or a different yeah a different philosophy when it comes to the way they're going to pitch each pitcher has a different philosophy as the way they're going to pitch each game plan is written completely different for each player against each lineup it's like so particular and methodical and and exact now that it's just it's like now at the same time guys make mistakes so it's not that exact but it's just the crossovers there and everyone's sort of doing and looking at the same stuff now i guess money talks but yeah i mean some of these bigger programs some of these bigger college programs they have obviously a ton of money if they're able to more than double a pitching coach's salary of what he was making in the big leagues um and then the facilities that they have uh so I mean, yeah, it's, it's honestly at these higher level programs, probably comparable to the facilities, to the data, to the um, to the different things that they have access to. But yeah, that was a wild story when that when that broke yesterday, especially yeah. just leaving within 24 hours in the middle of a season. I just wonder how long these talks had been um, going on. And then if you're the twins, I mean, are you do you have to promote within because you're you, you're, no. you're OK. No, absolutely. I mean, someone will step in in the interim, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, Do you that replace that, that in the middle of the season? I don't. I mean, I I don't. I think either it'll either be the AAA pitching coach that'll come up, or it'll be someone. Who, I don't. I don't. Honestly, now I don't know how it all how the hierarchy works. I, I, like back in the day, it probably would have been maybe the bullpen coach for. Yeah to come in and step in for a couple of days or maybe the triple a guy comes up but now i don't know if it's even someone from like the analytics department that comes down and and like who knows yeah pete do you want to talk about this next one because you like this guy i do i love this guy mark capel yeah right a nine-year journey if you don't know it you need to read about it 2013 number one overall pick Mark Appel got the call to the show with the Phillies on Saturday. And this has been a journey where he came, he was, I was in Astro spring training when he arrived at spring training as the number one pick from the year before and was throwing bullpens around 500 people watching him. And it was just, it was all about Mark Appel. And he is just such an unbelievable human being and he stepped away from the game because it just got too much. Like he was pushing himself so hard to the point of, to, to almost breaking point, I guess mm-hmm. he would he would describe it. So he stepped away from the game. And I think, Maddie, you highlighted on, on our Twitter page that what was the date that he eventually tweeted out that he was going to start to make a comeback? It's like September of last year. September of last year announces that he's ready to make a comeback. And now... He got called up to the show. He's, he hasn't pitched yet, but he's, he's what a story. Go look it up. He's unbelievable. He, he is going to pitch in the big leagues at some point, unless he's been sent down already, which I really hope hasn't happened. So if, I mean, is he still a starter or is he moved into a reliever role? And if he was called up, don't you think he would be pitching soon? He would be a reliever if that would, that would be the case, if he hasn't started yet. 
he got he's called up because a Philly was placed on the COVID IL. Um, I would assume that he's going to make some appearance over the next few days. Well, you guys see him this week, and he's not slated to start any of the games. So he's in the bullpen. Yeah, no, he's a reliever. They are there. Are you working in this series? I am not. Oh, I was going to say, were you going to go introduce yourself? I got to meet Jazz Chisholm. I saw that. I sang him the song because he didn't know who I was at first. So I went, this one might you. Oh, and then he started laughing. Um, he was great. Okay, Aussie Lingo. Are you ready? I'm going to start from the back. Oh, baby got back. This has been a baby got back episode. Ready? Start from the back. And three. Two, one, and go. Stop. Ooh, hello. Shysta. I feel like I've heard my dad say that. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a very... Greg Wingert thing. Oh, I don't um, know if I can use this one. <laughs> that makes sense that I think I've heard my dad say that. <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll, we'll go with... Actually, uh, there's some gold on this page, by the way, but I don't know how many I can use. We'll go with shyster. Like crap. Like shyster. Oh, shyster. Yeah, I'm in the same realm. Um, I'll just take it up a notch and say shit. Bang. A swindler or dishonest person. And I quote, be careful. That guy's a real shyster. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. my dad's definitely said that. Guys, thank you so much for watching and thank you so much for um, joining us. So sad that college baseball is over, but man, what an exciting season. Congratulations to the Ole Miss Rebels. Um, that's a cool water bottle by Peter Moylan. We hope that you guys have a great week. We hope you learned something about a prospect today. Um, thank you so much for supporting us. I, I met somebody on my flight last night who walked up to me and they were like, Hey, we love listening to you on farm to fame. She was in a Braves Jersey. Wow. Um, that was really cool. So yeah. Shout out to the girl on the plane wearing, wearing the Braves Jersey and her family that was with her um, farm on farm, farm often. often. Mm-hmm. We will see you guys next Wednesday. Let us on the menu.